rolling on the river. <laughs> rolling, 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 rolling on, on the, the podcast. <laughs> this is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Welcome to another episode of Creative Double Shot. Welcome. Welcome. Today, we are talking about narratives. And in particular, we're talking about daily narratives. Um, this will be part one of not sure how many parts. 27 it's be. part 27 parts. Series. We're going to be releasing one every hour for the next 27 <laughs> hours. No. Um, but yeah, we're talking about narratives. And, and when we talk about narratives, you know, what are narratives? They're just stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and, and the world. You know, I think that's, it's a way to kind of get a handle on the world and control things and have things known to us so that we're not just flying around in the void with all that crazy uncertainty. Narratives can be positive too, and they can undermine us. They can be negative. And so what we're here to talk about, of course, is the negative stuff. Because that's how we roll, <laughs> all about the negativity. Um, but no, the idea that um, the positive ones we'll probably get into in another episode because they, we can have narratives serve us. But in order to do that, especially the ones that undermine us, we need to figure them out, you know, right. like identify them. And so what are some of the narratives that like, and when we're talking about everyday narratives, we're talking about the kind of stuff that... Um, you kind of say to yourself on a daily basis about yourself, like, oh, I'm too tired. I have too much to do. I should be doing something more productive. A lot of things that we've kind of hit on in previous episodes. I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy. Check out our episode <laughs> on being busy. And I can't remember the episode number. <laughs> I can't either. We are the tightest podcast in the, in the country right now. No idea what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. What are some other ones? Oh, um, we talked about, you know, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Or like if you're just trying to get started with your creative practice, something you, every time like you find yourself with time, like, oh, I've got an hour. Uh, it's like, yeah, but I'll probably just start it and probably just never finish it. Just like all those other things that I've started and not finished, which, um, yeah, anyway. I think a big one for me is the time I, you know, like, oh, that's not enough time right. to get done what I think I want to get done. or uh, oh my gosh, I have four hours available <laughs> to right. me. Uh, now I need to do those dishes and uh, waste the right. first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's too scary. So so having creativity be scary is a narrative. It's a story, it you know, yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we were talking about this and the underlying current of all these narratives is fear. Again. This is a, a recurring theme when you examine your creative practice and just creativity in general. And it's like, well, I love this, but why don't I do it? Because right. this, is, this is the most absurd thing in the world. And the reality is, is that there is, you know, we, we can outline the fears, right? Uh, oh, it's the fear that when I get in there, what I create is going to be crap, or I'm not going to think of anything to create, or, you know, somebody's going to see what I create and think it's crap, that kind of stuff. So there are narratives within narratives. Ooh. Um, 
But the thinking is here, like these everyday narratives too, um, even some of the stuff that Ginger talked about in some of the earliest episodes, like, oh, I can't even draw a stick figure, you know, those kinds of narratives. But they do, they, they come up. And I think the, the idea behind these everyday narratives is that you, if you're willing to listen to yourself, right, that you can start to identify what those are. Because you'll find them, you'll, you'll be like, oh, I, I just, we were setting up the uh, studio here and I said, I'm a goob. Because oh. I, I botched something and I was like, and then I said, well, there's a narrative. So yeah, it's fascinating. Guess what it is? It's a practice. Oh right? yeah, I know. <laughs> but anyway, the identifying of them, like it's just like you can't fix a problem if you don't even know that it exists. You can't uh, address it. And so the idea here is that we would encourage you to listen to yourself throughout the course of the day, especially where it pertains to your creative practice. But not only, you know, there are things that we do like for ourselves. It's like, well. I really want to sit and read this book for 20 minutes, but I, I shouldn't. I should do something more productive yes. or whatever. And, you know, that's all part of figuring out a way to have something like balance. I, I hate to use the word balance because it's I things know. are always fluctuating, but to seek some uh, nourishment for your soul or whatever you want to call it that throughout the course of a day. Because if you keep grinding and grinding and grinding over the course of several days, a week, months, Eventually, it's kind of deadening if you don't have anything to rejuvenate you creatively or spiritually or yeah. that kind of stuff. Agreed. You know, we talked about it being based on fear. And so, like, what purpose do they serve? And we, uh, in the inner critic episode, we talked about how it really taps into sort of our, this primal survival instinct, like the idea of creating and having your stuff be garbage or someone telling you that they don't like it or whatever is all, it's a threat. Those are threats. And so we create these narratives to help us, like I said in the beginning, kind of understand our world, our, our personal world, and, uh, and make it a little safer. And so they're not without their uses, but when it comes to creativity, again, they can, they can undermine it. By starting with these everyday ones, we feel like it's a nice gateway into potentially... Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Learning to recognize. Yeah. And because you, you'll find is... <laughs> as you scratch the surface, that there are other deeper narratives that are in there as well, right? And which we'll, we'll talk about those, those lifelong narratives in the next episode. But just this idea that uh, where, where do they come from? And, and one of the things that we kind of arrived at, and this, there's, this is no way based in science or studies <laughs> or actually even reading anything. It was just kind of like, huh, it seems like these everyday narratives are based in fear and the longer narratives might be more based on sort of trauma, which, is, which also has a fear component to it. But whether it was like a one-time event that really shaped you, and again, we won't go too deep into it here, or if it was a series of events that shaped you and that now you have the story about yourself. And, and what we do is we go through life and we don't examine them and we're just like, well, this is who I am. So I mentioned it when I was talking about my narrative my, of myself about not meeting deadlines. Right. And then I sat my ass down and met a deadline. I'm like, oh, oh. I guess that narrative's not true. <laughs> and that was the other thing, too. We, uh, the idea that narratives might be true sometimes. Yes. But they're not true all the time. And that's, I think that's the most important thing because it's like, yeah, sometimes I make mistakes. Sometimes I make bad art. Yeah. And sometimes I am a goob. But uh, it doesn't mean you are that That's right. all the time. That's right. that, was a, that was actually a huge foundational part of counseling, helping people change 
those uh, semantic yeah. little things that we get really attached to saying, ah, oh, he always does that to me. Right, or, ah, right. oh, I always do that. Being able to catch yourself in that on a daily basis going, is that true? You know, is always. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you brought up the semantics and that's what this series is about is it's examining those things that you tell yourself about yourself. We'll also talk about narratives that other people have about you, mm-hmm. and you're allowed to examine those too, it turns out, which is fantastic, right? right? <laughs> Again, like these everyday narratives, it's just a nice way to, to jump in there, and um, it's your gateway to introspection. Mm. It's the gateway meat to introspection, <laughs> which is not meat at all. Gateway meat. <laughs> mm. Is that like pressed meat? Like spam? <gasps> Potted meat product? Canned. Mm. Canned ham. <laughs> Welcome to the meat podcast. <laughs> uh, processed Stories meat about meat. That's right. And the meat's inner critic. Well, and so the first part is identifying these things, right? And then the second part, which you were talking about, questioning them, you know, is, right. that, is that true? And uh, brought, I brought it up last episode, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> They're all born together. Well, at some point, brought up Eric Meisel, our favorite guy. The, he he talks about right thinking and wrong thinking, and we talked about how maybe that duality isn't particularly helpful, but maybe it right. is. It's, maybe it's just a nice rubric to work from. But the idea that you can't fix that or you can't change it unless you recognize it. So you recognize it, and then you stop and you question it, and you kind of address it and give it a, a different perspective. Maybe even like. His his thing was something like, oh, well, I'm not very good at this. I was like, well, that's just a silly thing I tell myself. And now I'm going to go do my practice, you know, and mm-hmm. just sort of change your narrative. And, and Ginger brought up a really good point when we were working through this is that it's not like you go and you're like, I'm an idiot. And then you're like, I'm the smartest person in the world. Like making a, a full 180 is really hard to do um, because if you don't believe it, then there's no right. No yeah. point in it. And so you I think were that was the about... problem that people have had with affirmations, you know, like yes. over time, like, oh, I can't say that because it doesn't feel true. That's right. So finding a better feeling thought is something that I'm really attracted this idea that I'm really attracted to that may not, from the outside looking in, it may not look like that good a thought. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. But it's better feeling than I'm a total loser. I'm only you know, a partial loser. So I am a total loser some of the time. No, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure what feels better than that. But, you know, like instead of, no, I'm awesome always. Well, I think in, in, in reaching for the better feeling thought, you can do like if I'm a total loser, just we'll just roll with that. And you could be like, well, is that true? And are there times where I haven't been a total loser? And it's like, yeah, you know, like I, I help my kid with their project or th- I had this achievement this one time or several times, you know, like really examining these from that standpoint of like, is it true? I think is such a powerful way to do it. And we talked about that reaching for the better feeling thought more like not, not like a big giant pivot, but a ladder. So each rung Ooh, yeah. can be a better feeling thought. And, and look, it takes time and in practice to, you don't just one day, ah, you know, and that's again, like you were saying, the affirmations always seem a little like BS, but I think when you look at them in more of a practice way, as opposed to a, I'm going to just flip the switch today. Yeah. It seems, it seems more accessible. And when we talked about time management at one point, we talked about chunking right? And I think you can do that with this kind of stuff. It's a lifelong process to be the person we want to be. And so 
you don't have to fix it or be that person. And you probably won't ever be the person you really want to be. Right? Yeah. And so just take, uh, take some joy in the little victories. Yeah, I talked to a guy uh, recently who, you know, I said, make art about something that you're that gives you joy or or something you think about every single day. And he said, existential dread, is that what I should do this about? <laughs> and I mean, I, I feel him, like yeah. I get it. And then his uh, significant other who was there said, what about drumming? Do you feel existential dread when you're drumming? And he said, no, you know, that's true. Yeah. So he proceeded to draw a little sketch of his drum set. And anyway, that it was a... A little tiny glimpse into his, yeah. you know, when he said existential dread, it was definitely <laughs> this. I mean, because, I mean, who doesn't, whose shoulders don't sag when you think of existential Mine dread? Mine are sagging right now. I have to go. <laughs> but then just to plug in a little idea of a drum, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I that's. Love drums. Yeah, drums, exactly. Drums feel better than that existential was dread. was a change, Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's like you throw your, if you can do this, you throw yourself these little lifelines all day long. It's like, oh, another way to, like, if you want a more structured way of, of trying to work through these things with it, starting with the, is it true? Byron Katie has these four powerful questions. Oh, loving what is. Yeah, which I have book. right there in front of us. <laughs> Couldn't read it because I was looking for it. Um, but yeah, it, is it true? And then I love the next one. It's like, are you sure it's true? Because I think, like, yeah, it's true. And then it's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe not. And that's where I think we came to the realization that it might be true sometimes, but it's not always true. So is it true? Are you sure it's true? And how does it cause you to react when you think that thought, which I think mm. is a really good one too. And it's like, if you don't like it. How does like it feel, it, in other words, is the question. Yeah. And then the fourth one, which I think is just really, it's like, who would you be without that thought? Mm. And that's, I mean, that's really kind of some deep work, I think. Um, but with these everyday narratives, maybe it's, again, sort of like a way into like that practice of like, well, because we do, we all carry around some narratives that are, are negative, that are pretty much woven in, into our being. Like, it's like, well, that's, yeah. And the more you can sort of work through those and release as many of those as possible, probably the more, the more content you'll be. Yeah. Which is something I think is worth going after. So the, the basic concept is, so we talked about Meisel, we talked about um, Byron Katie, but basically recognizing it, interrupting the thought, and then examining it and, and possibly replacing it or changing the course of the, the Titanic just right. incrementally, <laughs> yeah. you know, but basically working toward reshaping that narrative. Because that's the other thing too, right? You can take a, a narrative and reshape it so you can be like, oh, I'm such a goob, but that was just in this moment, and, and it was a little bit silly, and, and that's not who I am, you know? And so it, yeah, kind of giving it uh, context so for perspective. So you don't feel this need to get rid of all your stories. It's not like you have to wipe your personal <laughs> slate right. clean. I, am a, I have a void in my head. It's a creative project, rewriting your own stories. That's pretty cool. That yeah, is. totally. And this is a nice little short episode, but we'll leave you with this. Um, Brent Kessel, who we uh, referenced last episode in his book, It's Not About the Money. He was talking about money, but um, we kind of 
took something that he asked and he said, you know, is your narrative worth the price you're paying in your creative life? So if your narratives are keeping you from living the creative life that you want to live, they're worth examining because chances are it's more valuable to reshape those narratives so that you can live the life that you want because that's where the true value is as opposed to clinging to your narratives because they feel valuable because they're safe. Yes. Ooh. Right. So we've found our creative practices make a huge difference to us. And we've even pointed out to each other. So I think yeah. that's another thing I hadn't thought of. But enlisting people in your life that you talk to on a regular basis, and sometimes, I mean, this can get sticky <laughs> because <laughs> there's defensiveness and stuff like that. Sometimes it happens. But, you know, I think pointing out to each other once in a while, like, you know, is what, that the what, story you want to tell? Say, what do we, what do That's we ask That's my favorite question. Is that the story you want to tell? And the fact is that sometimes you are telling a story that doesn't feel good. And if someone mentions it, if, if someone mentions it and you recognize, oh, it is a story and I can tell, I can change it a little bit, you know, it does feel better. That's right. And, and that's, I think that's great because a great place to close on because they, they are just stories. Narratives are stories. They're not, perception is reality and all that, you know. So you have an opportunity to change stories. You can't change what came before, right? De- delving into the past and reliving these narratives over and over again Unless they're in service of something that you're moving forward with, it's really not, I hate to use the word. Oh, productive. Yeah. Is that how you're going to well, say it? It's not that right. emotionally productive. Right. And not, you know, yeah, and it doesn't so, serve you. Yeah. Because a lot of times we revisit stuff that is not so good feeling. That's a hell of a sentence. <laughs> but, you know, we, we've, but we do. We go back to those sort of negative places in our past because we wish they had been otherwise. And the reality is it's like, well... All you have is what's ahead of you, so take this opportunity, look at some of your narratives, and uh, chart a course forward, and leave all that stuff in your wake. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on The Creative Double Shot when we look at more longer-term, deeper narratives. Mm -hmm. Not ours, because you don't want any part of that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go deep. But, uh, oh boy. (laughs) Get ready. Uh, It's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, Anyway, thanks for joining us on the Creative Double Shot, and we'll see you next time. See ya.